sauce, pass, 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 pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi, everyone. It's your host, Nina, from Pass the Poutine Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a Vietnamese-American on the show today. Actually, I don't think I've talked to a Vietnamese-American on the show before, so I'm very, very excited to get our first representative of the U.S. of A. on the podcast. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hi. It's Alicia, by the way. Oh, is it Alicia? Yeah. No problem. Alicia, people get it. Yeah. Show. People get it all mixed up all the time. It's all good. It's Alicia. Oh, wait, why? Why is it? Oh, everyone must call you Alicia like your whole life. I mean, sometimes they ask and then I correct them. Sometimes I don't correct. It's just like kind of depends. But the people that are important in my life, they call me Alicia. <laughs> I like that I'm one of the important people. <laughs> I don't want to like, yeah, I mean, if you're putting this on the internet, I want my name to be right, you know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Let's go with that. Um, yeah, Alicia. Actually, Alicia sounds like a lot more like sexy. You know what I mean? Like it's a it, lot more like yeah, like, mm, yeah. I so I tell people that it's like the Spanish pronunciation to make it easier. Oh. But I don't know if that like actually does I make like it easier. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the Alicia. Yeah. I should start mm. going by Nina. Uh, Nina. Also the Spanish <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> But um, yeah, please introduce yourself. Like, who are you? Like, what's your story? I don't know if we should tell people how you, I don't know, approach me. Like, you know, on um, subtle via traits and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. that. Okay. How, how okay. we, how we, yeah. So how we met, <laughs> our romantic love story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I am an Asian American studies major, and I, um, I published a video for my thesis. It was called How Gambling Affects the Vietnamese Community. And I put it in subtle Viet traits. And Nina just commented. It was like, hey, you want to go on my con- podcast? And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> Didn't expect it. the this fame is- to hit so quick. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so you posted a video on like, um, how gambling affects the Vietnamese community. And I was like, oh my God, I want to watch this because I know in Vietnamese culture, like gambling is huge, mm-hmm. right? And I, was, and I wasn't sure if it was like only Vietnamese because I know it's kind of like a Chinese thing as well. And you know, like mm-hmm. half of like 90% of Vietnamese culture comes from China. Definitely. So yeah, watching your video was really interesting because I was like, wow, this is like a thing in the States as much as it is a thing in Canada. So yeah, mm-hmm. that video was super cool. And I was like, wow, like tell me more about like your well, how you got in into that because I know with um, Asian Americans or Asian Canadians or spe- especially like Vietnamese Canadians, I don't know how it is in the states, but in Vancouver, like the Vietnamese Canadian girls are very cool, huh. and and I don't know if you know what I mean. Like you're giving me no. like this weird look. So so the Vietnamese Canadian girls who grew up in Vancouver, they have like bleach blonde hair. They wear like expensive clothing because their parents oh. are drug dealers you know what i mean so they got that drug dealer money wait wait, um, wait, wait. So- hold up hold on is this like the ver- <laughs> is this like the canadian version of avg or something or 100 percent. so okay. i so yes yes exactly so i was wondering if this was normal to grow up vietnamese american to be like an abg because in vancouver it was normal to be vietnamese and an abg like it was associated ah uh. Wait, I'm going <laughs> to, I know this is going to sound stupid, but I'm going to look up Canada real quick. I don't know where Vancouver is. <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> I'm Every time so I bad. talk to an American, they're like, what is Canada? I've heard I, of it. You're a hat. I do have relatives <laughs> in Canada. I've been to Canada before, but. In Vancouver, Toronto. Okay, so you're like right above like Seattle. Okay. Got We're it, in the same it. time zone. That's where you're I'm from been. California, right? That's where my, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Dude, yeah, that's where my, my so my many beer people. Sure. <laughs> okay. Anyways, now that I've now that I've refreshed on my Canadian geography, um, what yeah. Were, oh, ABGs. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I think it's like I don't know. I feel like some there are definitely some there is like a, a culture of ABGs in Vietnamese American like uh, cities, especially in Orange County. I think, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say that like it's like all Vietnamese girls. Yeah. Like say ninety percent, eighty percent. I would like. I mean, also like I, I mean at like my college, like there wasn't too many ABG looking chicks in our in our VSA, our Vietnamese Student Association, because our VSA was like really know, tame. Like we weren't it. drinking and partying and stuff, so like the ABGs were like not there, you know. Like, yeah. So I feel like it was maybe like I would I would say like like. 30% ABG, honestly. Like, it's what? Not, that it's low? It's very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it At is? At least in my... You know I don't I hang out with ABGs. Lower? I saw, like... <laughs> I, I also was not cool enough to hang out with ABGs. <laughs> but the reason I think it's lower in the States was because in Vancouver, we have two racial groups, white and Chinese, Vietnamese, Filipino. Like, that's it. Like, we don't, we don't have black people in Vancouver. We don't have... Um, Latinos of Vancouver so so Vancouver is very white and East Asian pretty Mm. much yeah so I think maybe that's why there's less uh there's more ABG like Vietnamese girls in Vancouver because there are only so many racial groups I'm gonna Mm. guess because I know in, in the states you guys are very diverse like you guys have like Cambodian people and Thai people, right? Mm-hmm. Like growing up in Vancouver, I didn't have a single Cambodian or Thai friend because there there weren't any that existed. Mm-hmm. Wait, so what, yeah, what were so, the ethnicities so, and like were there? Did you guys was, have Japanese, Korean, and stuff? Or no, growing up, like I didn't have a Korean classmate till I hit like grade ten or something. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. We so it's just Chinese, Viet, Japanese, and white. <laughs> it was Chinese, Viet, Filipino, oh East Indian, and white. That was it. Full stop. So not even like Viet Viet people, just like Chinese Viet people. Um, no, we had Hong Kong Chinese specifically. Oh. So I don't know if you know, but Vancouver sometimes referred to as Hongcouver because so many Asians here are from Hong Kong. I think the the famous governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> called Vancouver Hongcouver. Oh my god! <laughs> I think he, he he publicized that. that seems a little odd. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's like politically I correct, still love but him uh... because jingle all the way. Is um, the with... best. Yeah, I don't, I don't it's, it's definitely not politically correct, but yeah, that's all. Oh, it's so interesting that in the States, like Vietnamese people are just kind of like another oh, Asian. In, in Vancouver, they're like, oh, you're Vietnamese, you're a gangster. <gasps> no, it's so it's so different. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. Did your parents, did your parents grow? No, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> <when> you, <laughs> absolute, what? <laughs> that is a personal question also even if they did oh, it would not be okay but, <laughs> but no they did not grow my mom worked in the nail salon like any other <laughs> Viet woman oh okay that's that's right that's right nail salon that's right that's um, so funny that's true yeah nail salon and then maybe maybe your mom had to grow up on the side who knows oh my god uh, in vancouver it was like almost every single Vietnamese family had a grow up <laughs> i'm not even joking like grow up grow up grow up like everywhere because in vancouver people would just come and like they didn't really like it, it's hard like as an immigrant you come from a war-torn country you have all that intergenerational trauma you have that like 30-day boat ride that's like awful you have that nightmare of a refugee camp and then you come here and you're like i'm just gonna grow weed make money fast and like build my life up from here and but it's so funny because like the 
the kids of the Vietnamese immigrants in, in Vancouver, they grow up to be one of two things. The, they either keep going into that like Vietnamese ABG lifestyle where like the girls end up being doing nails or doing hair, but in like a more marketable way. Yeah, like they're you on know Instagram what I mean? And they're yeah. And YouTubers. Or exactly. Exactly. The, the balayage <laughs> hair, whatever. <laughs> right. Or the kids end up being like a doctor or like a teacher. So it, there's no like there's not a lot of in between. So it's kind of it's kind of funny in Vancouver. But I guess in the States, you guys are more diverse. I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, can you actually list all the Asian ethnicities that are in Vancouver, like the main ones? I'm like curious. Yeah, Chinese. Wait, no. Oh, so not like Chinese, like, sorry, like in the States, like we have, <laughs> I don't I don't know about, if you have this, but we have like, we have like Vietnamese people, we have Chinese people, and then we also have like Chinese people that escaped to Vietnam, so they're like Viet Chinese. So that's what I thought you meant, sorry. We have some of those too. No, no, we have some of those too. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So it's like anything Hong Kong, Vietnam related is like um, in Vancouver. So we have like the just pure Hong Kong Chinese people. We have the pure Vietnamese people, and then we have some of the like I, half the people in Vancouver are like Hong Kong Chinese or Hong Kong Vietnamese oh, or whatever. Like their parents are Chinese by blood, but they were born and raised in Vietnam. That okay. whole thing. So that's that's quite common in Vancouver as well. In in, in is, is it common where you're um, from? Where I'm I'm like I'm from the San Gabriel Valley. So a lot of the Vietnamese people in the San Gabriel Valley are Chinese people that grew up in Vietnam. Uh, that I've found like there are definitely like 100% Vietnamese people like me, but um, just not as much. I think it's because San Gabriel is a little. It's like a weird place where it's like kind of expensive to live, but like if you live in like the corners, like you'll find the Vietnamese people and the Latinx people and stuff. <laughs> usually Asians like the, live the- like usually like poorer Asians they live like right next to Latinx people like the- very often. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So they live like in the the outskirts a little bit, the corners of the rich. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like like well, you know when I was going to school, like people, like I'd obviously like I. I'm a little darker than like Chinese people. So like people would kind of, they, they would know that I'm Vietnamese and like, I was always really cheap. So it was like, <laughs> I feel like I put a bad name on the Vietnamese <laughs> name or something. I don't know. <laughs> but d- did you feel that kind of thing where, um, like when people were like, Oh, she's not Chinese. She's Vietnamese. Did you feel any sort of like shame or were you like proud? Like, Oh yeah. Like they know I'm Viet cause I'm not Chinese. Did you feel any sort of that kind that's of thing? surprising that you asked that. Cause that's something that, that's something that I've only really thought about to myself. I think it was like, it was like during high school, I feel like anyone that I knew that was Chinese Viet, they wouldn't speak Viet usually, and they would claim their Chinese heritage uh, much more. So like, I kind of felt like that. I, f- I felt like that was like a little weird, you know, and I felt like that. I mean, that that's obviously like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it's like rooted in colonialism and all that. But like, yeah, so... Totally. I wasn't I wasn't ever ashamed of it, but I was like very aware that I was Vietnamese and like aware that I was more low income than most of the other students around me. So, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> Growing up in like the most Asian American like <laughs> county in the entire nation, like it wasn't bad. Like I was I was chilling. <laughs> nice no i love that so yeah like so we're talking about like asian american identity um like what what do you think it really means to be asian american like because you know we we throw that term around all the time but then people forget that asia is 
literally so diverse and there's so many countries and we got south asians we got east asians we got southeast asians we got like central asians you know no one talks about no the one central, talks asians, central asians but um <laughs> right yeah they exist they're real um but yeah what what does it mean to be like asian american in the 21st century do you think well um first of all i feel like i like i never really claimed being asian american until i came to college because that's kind of when mm. i was surrounded by more white people so and like just less mm. I guess just less people of color in general. So Asian American became like a political identity for me. It was like there weren't as many Vietnamese people. There weren't as many people like that were like from the San Gabriel Valley, you know. So like it just it was kind of an identity meant for survival, you know, mm -hmm. to find groups in college and such. And um, so like going. So I was really excited at first, like um, having like being in Asian American groups and taking Asian American studies classes, like it was just really enlightening to learn about my history, right? But like, I think like throughout the course of college, maybe like starting like junior year or so, I started thinking like, you know, like these Asian American studies courses, they don't really reflect my Vietnamese American identity as much as I would like them to. And um, part of that is that like, I know that like Asian American is really diverse, so it's impossible to really learn in depth about each Asian ethnicity or even each Asian subgroup, like Southeast Asians, like that kind of, or Pacific Islander, that kind of subgroup. So like, um, as I've got, like, even, even though I started really liking Asian American studies in college, like as I got towards the latter, I was like, um, like, I don't know if this is like really useful anymore because like, like I've become even more Vietnamese American as I've become, like, as I've learned more about being Asian American, like I <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like I think um the thing is like I know that I am I don't know like I feel like I am meant to help the Vietnamese American community like I don't really know how to help the Asian American community it's like so broad so like I am choosing right, exactly. to focus on the community that I come from and I think that is sometimes it could sometimes seem be, be seen as like problematic in like the academic space where um, Asian American is still being held on as a term, like as a label that you should keep because it can't. Sorry, this is like getting so nerdy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, but like, it's sorry. What was I saying? It's just like, um, like some people will call. Like I know that like some people like like in the Asian American studies space, specifically like Southeast Asian, specific Pacific Islanders, low income students, um, like the non-East Asian people, like there are, they are like more hesitant to claim the Asian American identity, like very proudly and strongly. And like, like me being one of them, like I, I mean, like I like, since I identify with being Vietnamese American so much, some people would, might, might call me like an ethno-nationalist, oh. which I thought was like really weird. I don't know um, if you know what that means. Just based on like linguistics and language, I could probably figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you think it is. But like, I'm just like, geez, like that's a little strong. Like I'm just trying, just to, trying to be proud of help all the yeah, people I understand, yeah, exactly. you know? I see that people are still clinging on to Asian American. Like it's... I mean, it is useful in a sense, like it's useful for, I mean, white people, you know, who can't differentiate us. <laughs> it's useful yeah. for, like in that mm -hmm. sense. But like, 
and it's like also useful when you want to have like coalition building obviously there's not a lot of Vietnamese Americans Cambodian Americans like like smaller Mm -hmm. ethnic groups in America so Mm -hmm. you kind of need to gang up with some people to get some political power but when it comes to like relating to people one-on-one like I don't feel much relation to Koreans or Japanese people or something like that you know yeah no I, I love that you said that it that's really interesting you know the, the funny thing of okay the weird the weird and funny thing about being Vietnamese um I think compared to different Asian whatever countries is that because geographically Vietnam is located in Southeast Asia people will group us with like um people like Lao, Lao people okay. or Cambodian people or Thai people but the funny thing is our culture is way more similar to Chinese culture than Lao culture or Cambodian culture or Thai culture so we're we're kind of in this weird space where people keep grouping us with this group because of geography but culturally we're almost nothing like mm-hmm. those other the other groups so that's the one really interesting thing I I find about being Vietnamese is that like everyone's like oh yeah you Southeast Asian like you Thai and I was like dude like we're like if you look at Thai Cambodian Lao culture I think they they use like Sanskrit writing Mm. right but Vietnamese culture like Vietnamese writing back in the day was Chinese characters Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then it was only until the French came that they gave us quote-unquote gave us the Roman alphabet right Mm -hmm. but before it was all Chinese characters much like Korean much like Japanese right so so I kind of find that interesting that you said you don't really find that um you can what's the word uh associate or like you find yourself oh what's the word I'm talking about anyway like you connect I guess Mm -hmm. connect with like Korean or Japanese culture but Vietnamese culture is very similar to I I would say like more similar to Korean culture and Japanese culture than Thai culture Cambodian culture Mm. if we had to identify with like a group because you know like we have Lee C right we do the red envelopes like I've met like Chinese people in the year 2020 that didn't know Vietnamese people do Lee C what yeah I was like no that's how crazy the Vietnamese people are in Southeast Asia therefore they're like the Thais and the Cambodians therefore they're nothing like the Chinese I'm like dude we we do almost all the same practices our Lunar New Year's it falls on the exact same time the Chinese the Korean and the Japanese one does I think Japan they're trying to do something where they're not doing that thing but would you but say Chinese that, and Korean, like in- we we have the same like overlap in the New Year. We have the red envelopes. Like um, a lot of the Vietnamese words, they come from Chinese words that Koreans also use. And the reason I know more about Korean stuff is because I lived in Korea for two years. And the interesting thing was like when I moved to Korea for two years to like teach English or whatever. That's when I was like, wow, Korean culture is so similar to Vietnamese culture because I would have never known mm-hmm. unless I like deep dove into Korean culture. But when I was there, I was like, oh, wow, like they have the same ceremonies we do. They do the tea ceremony, like the like a Chinese wedding. Right. They do the tea ceremony. Vietnamese, we do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, we follow almost all the same practices. But because geographically we're located, it's like so different. And I guess the reason I'm kind of like. I wouldn't say upset, but I would say like uh, just I'm just like, how do people just they just overlook it just because of geography. Right. If they looked a little bit deeper, they would realize, wow, the overlap is like insane. Mm-hmm. But um, See, that's, but yeah, anyways, that's like Sorry. part of the the thing is like you're talking about um, the, like Asian being Asian in terms of culture and geography. But there's also mm-hmm. history. Right. Like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. like why. Southeast Asian is a label is because 
um at least like in america like maybe it's because like of our involved like america's involvement in southeast asia specifically like made southeast asian like a thing but like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in that like vietnam laos cambodia we share a common political history of like colonialism and um displacement from our home countries and into america and Mm. so that is why the southeast asian label is used it's not like that it's only used for political purposes it's not used for cultural purposes very much and like that's the way i that's kind of how i see asian american as well it's used for political purposes not cultural purposes Oh, I love, I love, I, I love our, um, our contrast and our difference in thinking because you are American and I'm Canadian. And I guess like from a Canadian perspective, it's almost always about culture here because we don't have that deep history of like politicizing a lot of things. Mm. So we try to look at things from a very cultural standpoint here. Like I know you guys have like the melting pot in the States, whereas in Canada we have what we call a cultural mosaic. It's literally in the name cultural mosaic. So the idea is that everyone here is encouraged to keep their cultural identity and not melt into this one identity that is Canadian. So yeah, I think it just comes from like li- the differences wow. between being American and Canadian, <laughs> like the, the literally the viewpoints. Now I would I would have never known that if I didn't talk to you. So that's really cool. Yeah, but um, what you were saying about is like. Asian American, a useful term. I definitely agree because there's so much diversity within that umbrella term. Like, because um, I would say I have a, an East Indian friend, and then whenever people talk about Asia, she would literally say, like, how come I'm always kicked out of Asia? <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> yeah. <you> really, <laughs> we yeah, have that problem, too. Like, yeah, right? Because it's like whenever people talk about, like, when, okay, let's say, like, if a guy's like, oh, I like Asian girls, like, we probably, like, the first thing we think, like, he means Korean or Chinese yeah. or whatever, Some right? light skin, like, We're not going hair. to, like, he means <laughs> East Indian. Yeah, uh-huh. totally, right? So I think, it, yeah, I think nowadays it's not, um, a very useful term considering the diversity but i like what you were saying how maybe just identifying as like the specific asian country american would work like vietnamese american mm-hmm. or something that would that would um help explain that more but yeah man huh so i that's so interesting that i'm like trying to sorry i'm like trying to like think Girl, about all the <laughs> because it seems like canada has it seems like y'all a lot more nice to your immigrants. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's like, would you feel like, do you feel like that's yeah, true? Uh, you could say no. It's okay. I don't so know. That's so funny. Yeah, no, I am very honest. Uh, I shit on Canada all the time. But <laughs> so it's funny. So I would say um, in Canada, because people are more, I guess, relaxed. You know, when someone's more relaxed, they're more likely to be open. Oh, and racist? Like, racist. Yeah, oh, I guess yeah. you can say that, right? <laughs> yeah, relaxed so. and racist. I love it. Right. Some there R&R. we go. So, <laughs> my, my favorite R's. And then, so yeah, they would be like, oh, your English is so good. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Whereas I feel like I've never lived in the States, so I don't know. But I, every time I visited the States, like Seattle or New York or something like that, um, I find that Americans are very like business oriented. Like y'all are very polite. You're very respectful, right? You go to a store and everyone's like, hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. In Canada, it's very relaxed. Everyone's like, like, Hey, how's it going? Like Mm. very casual. Right. Whereas I feel like in the States, you guys are very down to business. And because you guys are so 
on on it or so focused um i think people on the states are more aware of like what how what they can say can be perceived as racist whereas in canada they're like i'm just trying to ask where you're from because you're not white mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so i would say in canada like our prime minister is like always like oh diversity is our strength but i would say canada's hella racist right there's a mm-hmm. lot of like it's and what i noticed about canada or in vancouver specifically even toronto is like it's very segregated mm-hmm. so like i so you could take a picture of vancouver like on a map and then you can literally circle like vietnamese chinese like white people filipino like they all live in one like specific segregated area so Vancouver is super segregated. I don't know in the states though. You guys are more a little more mixed. Or are you guys also segregated? No, we're hella segregated too. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, like. racism finds its way. Seriously, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I would say like, um, people here are like racist. I don't know. I don't know. Every time I visit the states, though, it's only for like a short period of time, like a couple of days, and everyone's so nice. But I think if I lived there, it'd be a different story. You know. I, I, yeah, it would be. <laughs> I think it would. I think it would be. Yeah, cause like the way that we, I don't know about y'all, but like the way that Americans like to be racist is like, like putting it, like just putting it in the institutions. You know, it's like you make a law oh, yeah. to be racist, Systematic. and you're like, this is the law. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, like overt racism is a little more, a little more rare. I think but oh okay yeah 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 no the uh the overt racism here is quite is quite like direct <laughs> um yeah interesting yeah. yeah in canada so i don't know that is yeah but um let's go back to your video about um being vietnamese like the gambling community in vietnam can i ask what inspired you to make that video um so well, first of all, I just really, for my thesis, like, I really wanted to make something that I could show to the Vietnamese community, you know, like, something that, because I know that, like, no no one's going to want to read my thesis, and, like, I don't even want to read it, um, <laughs> so, like, making a video where, I mean, it was, like, very, like, intentional, like, like me making the gambling video, like, my, my, my whole, like, coming into the thesis project like I just wanted to make a YouTube channel that's what I knew I didn't really know what kind of issues I wanted to tackle it was just like I want people to know that like this research exists whether it's in gambling whether it's in plastic surgery whether it's in whatever I just want to know that Mm -hmm. people I just want like want people to know that Vietnamese American research exists and so like I chose gambling just because it's so common right like it's just it's in our households even if you've like never been to college never been exposed to academia you know that your family is gambling and like <laughs> i like i know that this is also a problem like in the entire world in the vietnamese diaspora it's not just a vietnamese american problem so like that's why i chose it really really for like the for the exposure i think you know like yeah did, did you have like experience with I don't know, maybe your dad or your uncles or your grandfathers or whatever gambling growing Mm -hmm. up. Is that why it's kind of like a close topic? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a I I have a big family like my grandma on my dad's side had 13 kids. So Mm. like and so I have like various family members that have been addicted to gambling. And like I. I mean, like, I just I just knew that it wasn't just me, you know, like I knew that this was like a Vietnamese problem. Like you'll hear in 
I feel like in Vietnam, like you'll see people either they gamble a lot or they don't gamble at all. Like there's like yeah. no middle ground because people know that it's so dangerous. You know, like <laughs> you can get yeah, really caught up yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Gambling is a crazy. I've, I've had girlfriends tell me like, oh, I'd rather date an alcoholic than a gambler. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, yeah. like if you're going to have to pit like the, the two vices next to each other, gambling is way worse. Definitely. Your whole life can be destroyed. At least with alcohol, you're kind of kind of only destroying yourself in, in a way. But yeah, gambling is intense. I remember um, there's uh, our Vietnamese street in Vancouver is uh, called Victoria Drive. And we have two. We have Kingsway. And it's funny, the restaurants that you, the Vietnamese restaurants, you know, that would be really good are the ones where there have been shootings at. Oh, my <laughs> because, God. Yeah, because <laughs> the ones that have had shootings, you know, they have like a gambling ring in the back of the restaurant. And that's why there's shootings. And you're like, man, if gangsters can eat there, then we know the food is good. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys had anything similar to that in you California. You are kidding. Oh, my God. How gangster are the Vietnamese people in Canada? Like, I don't well, know. Well, let me tell yeah, no, it, it's just like because I don't know about Toronto, but I know in Vancouver, it's just because I, I grew up in that kind of family. My family, like they weren't gangsters. They were like friends with gangsters because all the Vietnamese people know each other. And then there was like this one big like drug lord. His name was like the Godfather. And like like he would hire like all the Vietnamese people to traffic drugs across the states. Right. Because it was really easy to grow weed in Vancouver. Uh -huh. um, and the police pretty much turned a blind eye to it like the whole time. Oh, why? Uh, um, I, I think they were just like, yeah, it's like, whatever. We're not going to deal with weed. Huh. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I think if you like if you got caught in a grow up like back in the day, like in the 90s, maybe a couple hundred dollars. In fines, oh, my and God. Then they let you go like no big deal. And then you just do another grow up in a different house. Right. And then you get busted again and then just rinse and repeat. Like, it's, it's very chill. I remember because weed is legal in Canada now, but I remember when it wasn't legal um there would be all these dispensaries like legal storefronts like open selling weed and cops would just go over and like find people this is not even just Viet people it's just like white people as well the police would come and find them for operating this store illegally i think the fine would be like i don't know a thousand two thousand dollars every single day but they would make more money than the fine so they just stayed open yeah so <laughs> i would say like the laws in canada are a lot more lax than maybe like in the states i guess and our police officers are like a lot nicer it's just more chill, I guess. Like, I guess when I'm talking to you now, I, like, realize, like, dang, it is pretty chill here. Now weed is legal, so, like, everyone just has their own grow up in their house. Dude, like, legally. people, like, we, I don't know if you know about, like, America's war on drugs at all, but. I've heard of that term. You've heard of that term? Yeah, like, <laughs> Tell people will, it. like, people get sent to, like, federal prison for having, like, a couple ounces or something. Like, yeah, that shit is crazy. Like, I just, can't believe that. It's crazy. Like, it's. I'm shocked. <laughs> like, oh my yeah. gosh. How much is Canada's like a gram cool. in Vancouver? Uh, like 10 bucks. 10 bucks. 10 Canadian oh. dollars. So that's like, what, $7? US? No, I think that's like, I think that's like 11. Our, I think we're, our currency is. No, no, no our, our Canadian dollars really low. I know. I, I keep track. Really? Oh, okay, girl. All right. Just you because the stock we live near the border. So we're always trying to go to the States and we like only go when the dollar is like a little bit oh high. Oh my God, that's <laughs> like, funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's like seven US dollars for a gram, I would say probably. Wow. That's nice but and cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super cheap. And BC Bud is like very famous because we got like really nice spring water. Wow. But yeah. So, so yeah, the gambling thing I did know notice i'm really lucky like no none of the men in my family are gamblers or drinkers i'm so lucky like but are they drug um, dealers 
they they just sell and traffic drugs is different <laughs> that was before that was in the past uh yeah but uh you had to do what you had to do but yeah the gambling thing i i remember have you been to vietnam have you visited the yes. homeland the- yes i have studied oh, when there did you go so oh, I, did, no way yeah yeah, yeah. you study no tell me about that i want to know why, why did you decide to study there um honestly it was like kind of a <laughs> it was kind of a last minute decision um i i think in like junior i was like junior spring wait junior fall yeah like like, i just decided like i was just like dude i don't want to be at this college right now anymore like life is about taking risks and opportunity and stuff and i was like so bold like i'm not gonna go study abroad in london the fuck like (laughs) it's gonna be boring as hell pretentious ass motherfucker i know like (laughs) (laughs) and it's cold any and so i was like okay you know i'm just gonna go study abroad in Mm -hmm. Vietnam. and like i maybe sent the application in like two or three weeks before it was due or something like it was just super rushed like i just didn't know so Mm -hmm. like um it happened and like i I studied, I mean, like, I just wanted to know more about my culture, you know, like, I felt like, um, in, like, in, in my VSA, um, like, a lot of Vietnamese American identity is rooted in trauma, and, like, always, like, it goes back to the Vietnam War, and, like, I, Mm -hmm. frankly, like, I was just getting sick of, like, hearing that, like, I was just, like, like, what do we do, like, for the future, like, how do we move forward, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, okay, well, maybe I got to go to Vietnam to just like learn more, you know, like, and like, once I got there, I was like, damn, like people here be real happy. Like they don't talk about the war no more. Like it's just, I mean, that's an exaggeration, you know, but like, it's just like, they, they got over it, you know, like people like literally for the first, like in my host family, like my Vietnamese host family, I was like, oh my God, like this is what healthy Vietnamese love looks like. Like y'all don't, y'all aren't like yelling at your children. I don't know what that, what, what is that like? Tell me what that's like. It's like, Oh my god, I don't even It was just like very I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know, but I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's like like you know how like your parents they might get annoyed with you and then they bring up like 50 million other things that you did wrong. Oh yeah. Like in yeah, the yeah. Vietnam it was just like like clean your room, hurry up. Like it was it just kind of ended at that, you know? What? Like it was just like normal. It was like I felt so um, like I felt like I was living in a white family. Like, I was like, oh, my God. It sounds like you just described a white family. I'm very confused. I'm, like, shocked. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, it was, I was like, yeah, like, people here, like, Vietnam is a powerhouse now. It is an economic powerhouse. Like, they have it's moved the on. It's the fastest developing country in the world right now. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I actually, I lived in Vietnam uh, for a year I think last year so I just moved back to Canada like in July last year mm. after living in Vietnam for a year so I also went because like you said like I wanted to know more about my culture right because I feel like it, there is a lot of shame about being Vietnamese in general I would say just because we're seen as Southeast Asian and now that Korea is like this <laughs> huge thing right we're like oh we're lower than them and I don't know if you've heard about all the all the bullshit <laughs> about like co- Korean, like old Korean men marrying like oh, yes. poor little Vietnamese girl. Oh, oh yes. my God. It's just like the worst. Right. So I remember when I was living in Korea, I felt like at the same time, like very connected to Vietnamese culture. Cause I was in Asia, but at the same time, very ashamed because I'm in Korea. And like when people heard I was Vietnamese, like, I don't know if this was true or if I'm just crazy, but I was like, Oh, I hope they don't assume I'm some 60 year old man's wife <laughs> that he like shipped here. Right. So but I don't know. But, um, 
yeah so so i was like you know what fuck this i'm gonna move to vietnam and i was like really understand and learn about my culture and also try to understand why my dad was like such an overbearing asshole growing up you know especially <laughs> like watching shows like full house and like seventh heaven i was like why couldn't i have this idyllic white family let's go and try to give my dad some empathy by understanding how shitty it was to grow up in Vietnam. <laughs> you have to uh, go yeah. to a whole other country to try to understand your father. Just to understand my dad. Cause he wouldn't talk to me. I don't know about your, your relationship with your dad, but oh, my dad man. like never spoke to me. Right. Yeah. Like I tried to talk to my dad several times. Like dad, what was it like growing up in Vietnam? It was hard. What was it like on the refugee boat? It was terrible. And it's like, okay, great. I'm like not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I go to Vietnam. So when I was there, I was like, wow, I totally get why my dad was such a prick what (laughs) so i don't (laughs) so i don't i don't know what kind of like what area in vietnam did you live in when you when you went um i mean i lived in saigon and hanoi okay i only lived in saigon um what part of saigon did you live in like what district district like district one i think I was like in like oh the, the main the part. main downtown yeah. core. <laughs> oh, you're so fancy. <laughs> That's um, where my school was, man. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, like so. I, I didn't live with the homestay. I just I got my own place. Like I lived in like a phong cha. I don't know if you know what that is. Mm-mm. It's like a little loft thing that like students rent because they're like too poor to afford anything. Um, but yeah, it was uh, when I was there. I realized like Vietnam is a very difficult country to live in. Like, Vietnamese people are very, like, abrasive and aggressive, and they're always trying to get things out of you. But I don't know, because when I was in Vietnam, the second someone took a look at me, they're like, Chinese girl. You know what I mean? (gasps) Like, they were, like, foreigner. Like, she's not Vietnamese. She doesn't speak Vietnamese. Let's scam the fuck out of her. So that was the experience I had in Vietnam for a whole year straight, right? It was just, like, let me sell you shit you don't know anything you're stupid let me try to scam you like i had like men selling you know those little donuts for like two thousand dong which is like yeah, i don't even like know five ten cents or, or like key real chains donuts. or like just like little donuts like literally like oh, he, okay. like fried pieces of dough together uh-huh. and it's worth like five ten cents and he tried to sell it to me for two dollars and i'm like i literally said to him i'll give you a dollar for it even <gasps> though i know it's like ten cents and he wouldn't take it like, I was dealing with shit like that on the regular. Like, Vietnamese people were trying to scam me up my asshole. You know, the other thing I would say, though, is because my family is from Haiphong. So when I do speak Vietnamese, I speak with a northern accent. A northern? And I'm living oh, in Saigon. Okay. Yeah, and I'm living in Saigon. So it could be also, like, they fucking hate northern Vietnamese people as well. So I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. But you got a is double. Your from, <laughs> is your family from Saigon? Yes. South? Yes. Oh, so, so I. So you know what? Yeah, that's that's, pro- that's part of it, honestly. That's part of it. Like, I felt like my Vietnamese is like pretty. I would I would say my accent is is pretty good. So like, you could talk okay. to me maybe for about a full minute before you realize I'm a foreigner. <laughs> Just uh, like a oh, minute. Nice, <laughs> so, nice. You know it's what? not that much. Be the gauge. That should be the gauge. How long can a native Vietnamese speaker speak to you before they find out <laughs> you ain't actually Vietnamese? So like like if I'm buying something like they don't have to know like they they won't know I'm a foreigner right away. So like I have I that. Love it. Oh, yeah. okay. So you have that. So yeah. people like when you walked around Vietnam, they like assume you were a local. Kind of, kind of. I Damn. Think. But they would they would yeah, find see. out pretty quickly if they, you know, talk to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I do understand what you mean about uh, being abrasive. Like, I felt like just Vietnam in general. Like, I I feel like part of it is like people assumed I was a local. So like when I was doing mm-hmm. dumb shit, they would not excuse it. Like when like when I was crossing the street and I would 
you know, do it wrong or like yeah. if I was like ordering, like I would get in line to order something and they're like, hurry up and order. Like, why aren't you like, I was like, you're not even looking at me. Like, what do you, you know, I don't know if you got that ever. Like in Vietnam, like people would literally take your order without even looking at you. They won't even acknowledge you. They're like, hi, how are you? Like, they just don't. Do- so I was just like, I was just waiting until they acknowledged me. And then they're like, hey, are you done yet? Are you like, hurry up and order? I was like, yeah. yeah. You've been listening? Like. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, def- I have, I didn't get that often because they just assumed I was like some stupid traveler, oh. um, which they weren't wrong. But I also speak Vietnamese. Um, but I did get that sometimes that they'd be like, uh, but you know, I, I don't know about you, but I can't read Vietnamese. Can you? Uh, very slightly. Like, I can read a menu at a restaurant, okay? Uh-huh. Like, because I know food names, but if you're, you're like, going to give me any sort of text, I'm going to be like, I, ca- I can't. That just looks uh. like Klingon language. Like, I, I cannot, does not compute. But, um, yeah, no, the abrasiveness, like, the, like, and did you just notice, like, everyone's face? They're just, like, the resting bitch face is, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, if you, tried to, if you tried to smile at someone, they'd be like, what? the fuck are you smiling at did you feel like people stared at you like yeah i felt like people stared at me but i wasn't sure if that's because they knew i was a foreigner or or if that was just like the local thing to do (laughs) you know what i i what i noticed about vietnam is that um staring is like part of the culture really oh my god yeah yeah because like i at first i was like oh my god they keep staring at me like stop this is so uncomfortable especially coming from like canada and i'm sure in the states if someone stares at you you're like you have a problem with me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but in vietnam what i when i realized that staring was part of the culture was like if you notice all the coffee shops on the street they have those little chairs out mm-hmm. outside just facing the road yeah just it's stare. literally <laughs> embedded in the culture it's like let's go drink coffee and stare at people <laughs> right? you have these men they just drink coffee they eat sunflower seeds they smoke and they just watch yeah like i remember i was at a coffee shop um in haiphong and yeah, I was just sitting outside with like my uncles and cousins and a car was being towed in front of us. And it was like the biggest attraction, <laughs> like in the whole block, because everyone was just staring. They're like, wow, it's like the most exciting thing that's happening today. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, just because there's just like not much going on. So, yeah, eventually, like I got I was just like, yeah, they're just going to stare whatever. <laughs> but did you feel more connected to Vietnamese culture when you were living there? I... Yeah, I like when I was there, like I honestly felt like I wanted I was like, I'm going to live here and die here someday. Like that was like kind of how I felt about it. I felt like I just felt like it was so I just felt like the Vietnamese culture there was so much more healthy. Like it was all the aspects of Vietnamese culture that I really loved without all of the trauma attached. So I was like, man, I need to get my ass over here and like bring some friends or something (laughs) like, you know, that's. But like, no, I, I mean that that has changed now that I'm in the now that I'm back in the states. Like that mindset has changed. Like I do think that. I think being the thing is like I came back here and, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I think like moving the Vietnamese American community forward might be what I want to do. The thing is like even though I want to mm-hmm. leave the trauma in the past, I can't. I know that it still exists here, and like I can't just like. I don't know, up and leave and not do anything about it, you know? And, like, part of it is, like, the trauma is, like, my history, too. Like, it is a part of myself, and it's not something that I want to throw away, even though I kind of do, you know? So, like, it's Mm -hmm. weird how... It's, like, some kind of Stockholm syndrome, like, being in the U.S. (laughs) Like, it's, like, I almost, like, like the pain of being here in a weird way. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's very admirable that you want to, like, move the 
move past this like trauma and like try to build the Vietnamese community. Like I guess the Vietnamese community in the States must be a lot more integrated than it is in Vancouver. Cause I feel like in Vancouver people here are like almost every single Vietnamese um, Canadian I meet, they, they are very ashamed of being Vietnamese just because of all like the drug dealing and the illegal shit that their parents did growing <laughs> up. You know what I mean? So a lot of the, out of, if you compare like the Vietnamese Canadian group in Vancouver to like, let's say Chinese Canadian or Filipino Canadian or whatever, um, Vietnamese people speak the least amount of their language. Hmm. So like Vietnamese Canadians, they don't really speak Vietnamese that much compared to Chinese people. They speak a lot more Chinese than like Vietnamese would speak Vietnamese. So I think a lot of that has to do with like just feeling ashamed and abandoning mm-hmm. Vietnamese culture. Whereas I feel like for you, it's quite the opposite. It's quite amazing. <laughs> how did you, how did you develop this sense of pride to, of being Vietnamese? I, I guess it was just because of the college you went to. I think it, yeah, I think it really was mostly college when I started to learn and it's just started to educate myself about the, our history and like also just like bonding with the VSA there. Like I, the thing is like, I do have a unique experience in that. Like I grew up in an Asian American community, you know, like, so like I never had the feeling of feeling, I don't know. Like I was never that Asian kid in a white suburban town, you know, who like mm. wanted to hide themselves. I feel like that's a very common story that I hear. And I'm like, I have no, yeah. I don't know anything about that. Like I, okay. so yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, it's funny growing up. I have kind of both of those identities. Like I grew up in Vancouver city until the age of 14. And then after that, my family moved me to bumfuck Whiteville. Oh. It was like night. It was night and day. Like Vancouver City was like it's sounds like the San Gabriel Alley or Valley or whatever. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And then my family moved to the super white, and that was when I was like, oh my god, this is exactly like the movies where like everyone is white. They all drive trucks, they <laughs> farms. Like it was crazy. So I I got to experience both, like what it was like to be the majority mm-hmm. and then to be the minority and then so that's why i was like what is my identity like what do i identify as what is going on so um yeah no that's that's interesting man yeah huh. <laughs> this whole podcast is just about me trying to understand myself <laughs> that's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah but um being in Vietnam, did you, I just wanted to talk about you living in Vietnam because I find it so interesting when, like, you actually moved there. I met a lot of Vietnamese Canadians or Americans that visit, but mm-hmm. I rarely meet any that move, especially females. Oh, yeah. You probably, oh, right? yeah. Like, when you were there, did you notice you were, like, the only Vietnamese American female around? I, I don't know if... I didn't meet a lot of Vietnamese Americans while I was in Vietnam, mm. to be honest. Like, I only, I actually met up with, like, my friends from the U.S. because everybody was coming to visit their grandma or whatever. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was, was like, dead. And everyone's like, all right, it's time. It's time to get that lacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to <laughs> Vietnam in the spring. So, like, that was during that season anyway. Um, mm. But what is it? I, I mean, I noticed that there were, like, the expats in general. Like, I, there were a lot more men yes. in there because they're all, like, you know, like, digital nomads or they're, like, retired <laughs> or whatever, you know, disgusting crap like that. <laughs> so, like, I did, yeah, I, I feel like I did not, but in, even in general, like, I don't think, I don't see a lot of Vietnamese Americans wanting to study abroad in Vietnam either because they, they're like, why the fuck do we want to go back to where our family escaped, you know, like, that's right. kind of the idea and 
Like, right. it's like, no, like, I want to go to, like, Australia. I want to go to London. Like, I want to have a good ass time with yeah. some white people. Like, kind of, that's kind of what I see usually. <laughs> I want to hang out with white people that speak differently, but still English. That's <laughs> what, what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, like, no, like, no offense to that. You know, it is something yeah. different. But, like, I, I find that, like, people are not very interested in going back to vietnam because they think it's still totally. like war torn and shit but it's like vietnam is <laughs> hella capitalist now <laughs> mm-hmm. so, it is it's yeah. hella capitalist you got mcdonald's delivery you got you got everything oh my there God. The food it, delivery it's, it's, was so so good i was eating out like every so day <laughs> it's cheaper to eat out than to cook your own food like, i it's know crazy it's yeah. insane i was yeah, like so oh my yeah i was just, i feel like it would have been cheaper if i knew how to like bargain with people on like the markets and stuff but like i was so scared to do that i was that's something that i'm like really ashamed of i was a huge chick like chicken and like (laughs) bargaining with people (laughs) and like like getting really involved in the local economy and stuff (laughs) like i was like buying food from people but like oh my god i was not i would yeah i I was just so scared yeah no (laughs) you know i feel i I feel you i totally feel you i was just like man am i gonna like boil some instant noodles or am i gonna pay this woman 10 times the price of uh whatever for this like one (laughs) vietnamese dessert like let me decide (laughs) but uh, yeah i remember when i was in vietnam i was like oh my god i met uh, quite a few vietnamese american and canadian people but not like men i would say but not vietnamese american or canadian like women what were the yeah, men doing and then, there? Were they like teaching English? Girl, what or do you what? think? <laughs> I, I don't. Do I don't know. Actually, finding a wife—that's that's like a normal thing to do. <laughs> that's so sweet. Finding a wife. You mean <laughs> fucking a girl and promising her to take her to Canada uh, <laughs> when he never intends I mean, on yeah. doing so? Maybe that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, yeah. It was a lot of yes. that I found. So really, it was, like, it was for romance. Um. Okay, so so this is what I noticed when I was in Vietnam. It was a uh, Vietnamese American or Canadian guys would move there to number one start businesses, which I totally understand because like to start a business is only like ten thousand dollars. You can hire someone to run the business, like a little high school girl, and you pay her like two hundred dollars a month or something. She yeah. runs the whole thing. Yeah, and then while they're there, like um, Vietnamese women are trying to get the fuck out of Vietnam, and I totally understand. No hate. It's just a hustle. I get it. So so these Vietnamese American or Canadian guys are like the hottest of hot commodities in Vietnam. Really? Yeah. So they come there and then because I think like Vietnamese women are kind of tired of like old white guys that pretend to be rich but don't have money. Yes. And then don't understand their culture and are making fun of their Vietnamese accent. Yes. Uh, so now the Vietnamese girls, when they see like a Vietnamese American guy, they're like, oh, my God, like I can speak to him in Vietnamese. He can respond in English. He understands my culture. Like he is like the best of the best. Like, let me tell you, my brother's Tinder game had never been more strong until he went to Vietnam. Like it was he was in vietnam just to visit me and hang out but let me tell you he was getting matches left right and center in every single city we were visiting we were visiting like uh, and because my brother was only there for two weeks so we were doing like this whole country tour like south central north between all those places and he was meeting a different girl in every single city even though we we're only in the city for oh like my two God, days what a player <laughs> yeah it was like he was getting like he was on the bus you know from like nha chang going to da nang and he's like talking to girls in Da Nang and be like, I'm going to be there this time. Like, let's, like girls were down. They would drive on motorbikes. Like it was 
crazy his his game was strong that, let me tell you so but was so these, it like mostly so yeah. in like the more rural places that your brother Dude, would have no. a lot of games every ev- everywhere everywhere so. in the city city vietnamese girls are more open um so the rural areas are a little bit harder but like i mean we never went to any super rural area and i'm mm-hmm. supposed to hang out with my brother on our vacation and he's just fucking going on these tinder dates the whole time i'm just what like jesus hell? dude I mean, yeah, would you have so- sex with these girls or was it just like a date do you know i don't want to know i didn't ask i don't want to know don't ask don't tell oh my god <laughs> i want to know the yeah, sex politics but- of vietnam <laughs> that's really yeah what it's for. But no but the sex politics so from what i heard because i had a few vietnamese american guy friends and the girls um would put out maybe after like the second or third date so i guess it's pretty normal standard oh okay yeah yeah so so but the thing in vietnam is like the girl would always expect the guy to pay yes okay yes. yeah so so there was this thing that was like uh i had a vietnamese girlfriend there female friend she like local born and raised saigonese and she was saying like if i went on a date with a guy like a foreigner and he didn't pay i would never see him again and that was the same rule applied to all of her vietnamese friends that were dating foreign guys and i know a lot of vietnamese local girls who wouldn't even date local guys they're like foreign guys only yeah so it's like yeah yeah it's kind of a thing because i guess they're kind of sick and tired of like the way local Vietnamese men are like if we're going to use stereotypes oh then Vietnamese it's just like men are fucking whack dude the they're like so <laughs> weird they're like they're so, so anti-social <laughs> they like don't know how Tell to me about your experience with that they just don't know how to hold a conversation I just felt like I don't know like yeah. when I was in like I studied abroad with SIT and they um there like the cohort there was like two white guys it was like maybe like 15 girls two white guys and like Mm -hmm. these two white guys like they would just have major game going into like every place that we do and like um we would have um these volunteers like these Vietnamese volunteers and like all of them were pretty much all of them were girls and like they would really be attracted to the white guys like trying to talk to them and stuff so like so yeah yeah, we would have Vietnamese like volunteers and like there were the girls who were really social and the dudes who were just so weird like they just like Mm -hmm. would not they would either like not talk at all or they would always dominate the conversation so it was just Mm. like just classic masculinity man it was such a so (laughs) annoying um yeah but like I They're, they're really awkward I actually like I don't know if you like when you were talking like about um uh just like the dating and like all with your brother and everything like it just reminded me of um this researcher that I read it's her name is uh, Kimberly K Huang she um is Vietnamese American she posed as a sex worker in Vietnam for like a long like maybe like over a year or something like over the court like and Mm -hmm. um she she's kind of like she found that um that like yeah people like 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 lower income sex workers like kind of actually like middle income sex workers they'll work for white men who are like poor and then like kind of like a little higher they'll like work for east asian men like koreans japanese and like maybe yikyu maybe but like even like vietnamese women are starting to know that yikyu are like poor as hell like when you're coming from (laughs) vietnam you ain't rich like you're not if you're looking for a wife in vietnam you're a loser probably (laughs) <laughs> like they're starting to catch on like really oh shit they, they know the secrets now they know oh, the secrets no. yeah you should you should read up on this research or stuff like damn you gotta link me later here yeah. i'll just like kimberly k huang so that's why i was surprised that like people that's were still trying to grab at those vietnamese american 
like the like yikio like in the oh i don't know the circles God. that you were looking in but yeah i mean vietnam is like not interested in like they're more interested in being like east asian now they're not really interested in being white anymore i don't know if you saw that when you're in vietnam like just like the whole I k did. wave and like i did it's i did notice that it was it was shocking because like I started meeting local Vietnamese uh, women. Oh, sounds like I'm a lesbian. I wasn't. They're friends. They're friends. And then, um, <laughs> but they were telling me like, oh, I'm really proud to be Vietnamese and I really want to spread like this Vietnamese heritage around and like stuff like that. And it really shocked me because I was like, wow. Because I always assume like Vietnamese people also weren't like that prideful um, of their own heritage because maybe the war and all the all the stuff. But yeah, there is that change. Um, the the shift I do see, though, is like it's not so much like being proud of being Vietnamese, but more of being proud to be Asian. And the yes. the K-pop fever thing is like out of control in Vietnam. It it's, is it's it's gross. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yes, I <laughs> you totally gross. agree. I <laughs> I like Vietnamese like high end sex workers in Vietnam now. Like what they do is they like. They work at like karaoke bars kind of and they and like mm. Korean men or Japanese men, they'll come there with Vietnamese businessmen and like the women that are there kind of like to show that Vietnam is like a rich country now. Like these women are beautiful. They get they usually get mm-hmm. plastic surgery to look more pan Asian to like look yep, less totally. Vietnamese and stuff. So like yep. that even itself, it's like I don't know, it's like I, I just find it really interesting how like it's so connected to business, like sex workers and stuff. Like mm, that is like the way right. people do business in Vietnam. Like you do it at a karaoke bar over some girls that you like pick. You actually like line up the girls and you like, you just pick them. It's like really, mm-hmm. really gross. I mean, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. like people make money off it. I just think it's like kind of. I think it's a little greasy, you know. <laughs> Respect the hustle, still find it gross. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Yes, that is exactly what. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> i'm not here to disrespect anyone's hustle i just think it's gross but i respect yeah it. no like more power to the sex workers but the men men you can't do business without you know boobies looking at you that's weird I don't <sighs> yeah and uh, it's it's you know what i don't know if you know but in korea it's it's like that too where they line up the girls mm-hmm. and the businessmen come and they pick them and they even have like a menu so oh. i remember i went to so <laughs> it's funny when i was in korea like you because i'm new there so i don't know what is a sex worker karaoke bar and what is a normal karaoke bar because i just want to sing my sam smith songs right <laughs> and then so one time i went to one i was with this friend and we went down and as soon as like we walked to the room, I we like looked at each other. I was like, oh, yeah, I think we made a mistake. But uh, he he's Korean American, and then uh, w- they gave us a drink menu, and like you have to order drinks. And when we we're opening the menu, looking at the drinks, the drinks were like very overpriced. And in each like page of the uh, the menu was like a girl. It was like a different girl. Oh, and I was like, are these? Uh, is this like an advertisement for a girl, or is it just like decoration for this? decoration? Like, I didn't oh know. my god. Yeah, it was so. In the end, um, I was I was just told I just told him like let's just get out of here, let's just leave, right? Because we're foreigners anyway. So like it's not like we're Korean. Like he's Korean American. Like it's not like we're Korean Korean. So they're not gonna give a shit. They're just gonna be like, oh, they they fucking walked into the wrong place, right? Right. But but yeah. So in Korea, that's a thing too. Um, yeah. And when I was in Vietnam, I noticed a lot of Vietnamese girls with Korean dudes, and it like I don't know. Are you sure I they're Korean? Also- there might be Vietnamese guys posed as Korean. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> they trick you. 
Um, I'm 100 percent sure they were Korean. Okay, all right. Like the ones that I saw, like I knew. I was like, I I can hear them speak. Um, <laughs> no, I like yeah. I, I kind of felt like quite lonely in Vietnam too for a time, mm-hmm. just because like it was. I mean, like my Vietnamese isn't that good, you know, and like mm-hmm. even with um, Vietnamese students who knew a lot of English, like a lot of the Vietnamese students I met knew really good English, but it's like they it's still hard to build a connection i think because they're Mm -hmm. i just felt like people weren't there to build a connection they were there to like i don't know practice english or something (laughs) so i just felt kind of no that's 100 percent true Mm -hmm. i just felt kind of lonely yeah so that's part of the reason why i was like maybe i won't live and die in vietnam (laughs) yeah i'll just live there for a bit more or something (laughs) no i got you like after leaving i was like "Mm, i would live here if i was super rich but if I was super rich, I would probably live somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a good place to visit. But I think just for me personally, it wasn't like super great. And I tried to understand my culture and all I understood was like totally why. I totally understood why my family left. <laughs> so that's like not the greatest sell um, when living there. But it's it's a really hard country to live in. Like it's it gets to you, you know, just like everyone's like and it, I don't know if you got this, but whenever I would meet Vietnamese people, one of their favorite things to do was like, tell me how sad their life was all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, but in a pity way that like they assume like I would just pull $500 out of yeah. my pocket and be like, wow, your life's so sad. Here's $500. It's just like, dude, I, I don't have, you know what I've I mean? Had, yeah. I had that so, a couple times maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what, what do you expect from me? Like I graduated with a psychology degree. I can can't even get a job so now i'm like floundering around asia trying to find my identity (laughs) i don't have money to just give you like like, you're like basically a white backpacker okay like yeah exactly i mean i don't look white but you you know those white backpacker people that are selling photos on the street me them not not too different like (laughs) i i wanted to say that i i felt like it was I had a different experience being in Vietnam. Maybe we experienced, we probably experienced very different Vietnams. And I'm like not surprised so. by that so. because I definitely did not delve as deep as I wanted to because I was a little scared. And like, I mean, I went through an academic like route, you know, but um, I felt right, like right. a lot of my family, like uh, my mom's family is still, a lot of them are still in Vietnam. My mom and her sister are like two people that escaped. And like, I would say that my family in Vietnam, they seem a lot more stable than my own mom. Like, I think they're just mm. like, even though they have worries, you know, and they're like, they still, you know, they think we're rich and they like, you know, want to <laughs> want us to visit mm-hmm. a lot to bring gifts and stuff. But like, yeah, like I felt like, like they just weren't as stressed as my mom. And I don't know if that's just like because of, um, you know, like my mom being here in America, like she remembers Vietnam in a different way. You know, the Vietnam she remembers is not the one that my aunts in Vietnam are living necessarily. Or like if that's because of American capitalism and just like American capitalism, like addiction to stress and like being better and getting more money and stuff. Like, I think I found being in America much more stressful than being in Vietnam. But also like I was real rich in Vietnam by all standards. So it's like kind of hard to see. To compare. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really yeah it's totally different like when i would when i was in vietnam and i was like having just like really awful days it's like i hate this country i hate everything here this is the worst Uh, and then i would look across the street and see this like tiny little girl 
sleeping in this like gross little shed mm-hmm. um that is her parents front door slash house mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay maybe my day isn't that shitty like mm-hmm. i grew up with like a proper house in canada so the th- the the thing about living there was it really made me appreciate um canada in a way that i've never appreciated before mm-hmm. so yeah, like I went to Vietnam to understand my heritage and I came back just appreciating the fuck out of Canada. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I would say I'm, I'm very happy to be back in Canada, but uh, it was a good experience. But yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I think if I was a guy, it would be night and day. Like if I was, because I've met Vietnamese American guys, Canadian guys that they're living in Vietnam forever. They're like, this is my forever home. They found like a young Vietnamese girlfriend who's like helping them with everything, running their running their businesses, oh. right? Like taking them around, like literally just chauffeuring them, being their translator. Like li- just imagine having your own personal assistant that also fucks you. That is weird. Like you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So so like so I totally understand why Vietnamese American or Canadian. Canadian guys like go to Vietnam and they're like this is my forever home and the Vietnamese assistant girlfriend they have if she leaves they can pull out another one in like t minus one hour you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I totally understand and for me like it it wasn't like that at all and you know also being female we're like kind of uncomfortable being in that kind of position anyway Mm -hmm. I feel like just having someone just like do all of that because I guess as women we're especially as Asian women we're kind of used to being more like okay uh, I'll do it myself or like i don't I don't know it's just different so mm. yeah man damn i actually like <laughs> i felt like because you seem to say that like it, se- it seems like you like felt that um, vietnam was like more aggressive and stuff and like just up front totally. and like i totally agree with that but i also mm-hmm. like really liked that i felt like it was just i was like i just respected vietnamese people a lot more they were just more real you know like mm-hmm. they were all hustlers like at heart and i just felt like that was really yes admirable and i wish i could be that like i was just like oh my god i'm so weak i'm such a little weak american when i was there i was like i need to shape the fuck up like it was oh my god it was so funny like i when i was um i was staying at my aunt's once we were in district d1 and saigon and like our next our next door neighbor like he just had like a bunch of debt right so like this one one of these like gangster looking chicks she came up and like she was like she started yelling at him like just like at like mm-hmm. 6 a.m. or something. She's like, hey, like you fucking dog. Give me my $2,000 back, okay? I don't have any fucking money. And like, I just got out of jail, okay? And I have family to support. And you lied to me. Like just literally like, oh my just God. yelling that. Like literally for an hour. And like throughout the day, she would come back. She'd like go eat lunch. And then she'd come back and yell again. And I was like, oh shit. Like just like respect, you know, like. The, the street, the alley had never been so quiet. Like, it was just like, yeah, everybody was yeah. like, shut your fucking windows and let this bitch yell, okay? Like, it's just yeah. like... Don't make eye contact yeah. with her. You don't want to be next. But I yeah. just felt like, I just felt so... I was just like, yeah, man, fuck the police. You don't need that shit. Take care of your own business. I was like, <laughs> people here are like hard, man. Like, I like I like it. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could no, do no, that. No, I no, exa- I, I know exactly what you mean. Vietnamese people are hard as fuck. Like, <laughs> like you, like, Vietnam is the only country in the entire, like, world that's ever beaten America in a war, yeah. technically. Right? Yeah. So, like, that's when you fucking know. You can murder, like, half the people in this country. We're, we're, we're going to get more murdered. We're going to have more babies for you to murder until you give up and leave <laughs> basically is what is what Vietnamese people are yeah they're hard as fucking they don't give they don't give a shit like about anything they'll just go I remember I, like when you were like I'm such a weak American I was like I resonated with that so much because oh. like in in Vancouver in Canada like I'm like 
a pretty aggressive person uh-huh. or like I'm pretty independent. And then I've never felt so like I can't do anything in my life yes. until I moved to Vietnam. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Yeah, all, all of what you said, I was like, that checks out. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. <laughs> oh man. Alicia, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yes, yes, a pro- of course, no problem. <laughs> Girl, where, where can people find you? Where, what's your YouTube channel? Where are you going to post your stuff? Um, oh my God, I'm like not even prepared for this. <laughs> Oh, it's not it's started fine. thinking like, about social media. I mean, it's just no. Alicia A L I C I A Ngo N G O on YouTube. Yeah, that's that's about There's it. There's probably like a hundred hundred accounts. Well, what's the name of your YouTube video? Uh, how gambling <laughs> affects the Vietnamese community. There is there is yeah. very little Alicia Ngo's actually. I looked it up. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Okay, you're one of the lucky. Good thing you're not like a Jennifer uh-uh. or Linda. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's not <laughs> there's a lot of so Alicia's many. in the Vietnamese community. <laughs> nice. I feel like there's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like the third thing that pops the third, up. The third link that pops up. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Great. All good. <laughs> Sorry. Watch that video. It's a great video. But yeah, Alicia, thank you so much. Yes. You've yes. Been great. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, you've been amazing, and um, I will see everyone on the next episode. Bye. Ask the poutine. This is the poutine.